Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Thursday, September 29th, and this is People Every Day. First off, did you get your coffee today? (laughs) Hello there, everyone. It's me, Janine Rubenstein, and I am well caffeinated and excited to be with you today on this National Coffee Day. Uh, If you haven't already, you can swing by chains like Dunkin', Krispy Kreme, and Blue Bottle, who are handing out free cups of the good stuff today. So if you still need a little pick-me-up, go pick up a freebie. We have another great show for you today, including a behind-the-scenes look at the new Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial movie. Yes, that is happening already. And we have to discuss the secret Tristan Thompson proposal that Khloe Kardashian turned down. But first, let's get to some stories that have been all over my newsfeed. Artiste Leon Ivy Jr., better known as Coolio, has died at age 59. According to reports, his longtime manager said Coolio was visiting a friend and went to use the bathroom at their house when Coolio didn't come back out after the friend called his name. He was found on the floor. Outlets state that the friend called for help, but the rapper was pronounced dead. The cause of death has not been shared publicly. Coolio is best known for his 1995 hit single, which topped the Billboard Hot 100 for three weeks and went on to win the Grammy Award for Best Rap Solo Performance in 1996. And I am, of course, talking about the rap classic, Gangster's Paradise, featuring LV. In addition to appearing in the reality show Coolio's Rules in 2008, he made additional TV appearances, including Celebrity Big Brother in 2009 and on Ultimate Big Brother in 2010. He also created a web series titled Cooking with Coolio and released a cookbook titled Cooking with Coolio, five-star meals at a one-star price. He also provided the iconic opening track for the hit Nickelodeon TV series Keenan and Kel titled Awe. Here it goes. Everybody out there, go run and tell your homeboys and homegirls it's time for cleaning and care. Questlove was one of the first celebrities to react to the news on social media. The Oscar winner shared a photo of the late rapper. He wrote, Peaceful Journey, brother, hashtag Coolio. Our hearts go out to his fans and family. And speaking of Kenan Thompson, there are rumors that now former SNL castmate Chris Redd is dating his ex-wife. Almost six months after news broke that Thompson and his wife, Christina Evangeline, decided to end their marriage, outlets are reporting that Evangeline and Red are dating. The two met due to Red and Thompson's close working relationship. The two comedians were castmates on SNL for five years, and Red also played Thompson's brother on the canceled sitcom Keenan. What's interesting is the news coupled with Red's departure from Saturday Night Live. The late night sketch show saw an exodus of cast members earlier in the spring, but it was just announced that Red was leaving the show less than two weeks ago. Red reportedly decided to leave to pursue other projects, including an HBO Max special, but the timing does seem very interesting. Regardless, dating your friend's ex just six months after they divorce? In the words of Kenan's legendary character, DeAndre Cole, What's up with that? What's up with that? 
We have an update surrounding the shocking murder of rapper PMB Rock. As you may recall, the Need Somebody rapper was dining out in South Los Angeles with his girlfriend two weeks ago when he was gunned down at Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles. Yesterday, authorities announced that a 17-year-old boy and his mother, Chantel Trone, were arrested in connection with the shooting. LAPD stated that multiple suspects were wanted in connection to their homicide investigation, and they believe it was the teenager who approached the couple, demanded their jewelry, and then shot PMB several times in front of restaurant goers and his girlfriend. The teen suspect was arrested on a murder charge, and his name has not yet been released. However, authorities did say he was out on parole or probation at the time of the fatal shooting. The 17-year-old minor was reportedly wearing an ankle monitor during the robbery, but he apparently wasn't being monitored at the time of the incident. The boy's father, Freddie Lee Trone, remains at large and, according to police, is thought to be connected to the murder. This story is still just so sad and so shocking, and as the investigation continues, we will continue to keep you updated. And now, as we so often do on this show, we're turning our attention to the Kardashian-Jenner family to catch up on all their latest drama. Another day, another update from the Kardashians. The famous family is back in the news, and this time, a secret proposal is involved. Yes, Tristan Thompson really did propose to Chloe, adding yet another chapter in their tumultuous relationship. And we just have to talk about it and a few other things coming out of Calabasas. So let's dive in with our Kardashian expert, People's Associate Editor, Dory Jackson. Hey, Dory, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Well, let's talk about this secret proposal because... What? (laughs) Like, this was definitely a bombshell reveal in last night's episode of The Kardashians. So what happened and what are your thoughts? So Chloe revealed this news while chatting with Kim, saying that Tristan secretly proposed to her more than a year ago. And not only did Chloe reject him, but she also opted to not share what went down with her family, which is so wild to me because how do you keep a secret like that from your family? And when Chloe recalled her reaction to Tristan's proposal, which occurred just three months before Tristan was secretly romantically involved with another woman, she said, I need to make sure this is totally different because I want to be proud to say I'm engaged to anyone. And that's why I said I'm not comfortable accepting this right now because I'm not excited to tell my family, which is like, yikes. <laughs> and earlier in her chat with Kim, Chloe shared how Tristan's action actually impacted her mental well-being. And she said that the hardest part about that is train yourself to unlove someone and that just because someone does you dirty doesn't mean you fall out of love with them instantly, which hurts so much to her say, but I get it. Oh my gosh, yes. But Tristan has really put Chloe through the ringer. As we know, I don't blame her at all for saying no to him. And I'm I'm curious to see how Tristan responds to all of this going public now. But elsewhere in last night's episode, Kris Jenner admitted that she was going through a lot after this Black China defamation lawsuit. Fans will remember that Rob Kardashian's ex sued Kris, Kylie, Kim, and Chloe for intentional interference with her contract at E! in regards to the former reality series Rob and China. Well, it's worth noting 
that the Kardashians won this case. But what did Chris say about all of it? Well, this family, of course, is always going through something. And we see Chris spending time with Kylie in this episode after she welcomed her second child with Travis Scott. And Chris admitted she couldn't be fully present with Kylie because the then ongoing lawsuit was very much on her mind, which is totally fair because this was an insanely messy lawsuit and it was highly publicized. Mm -hmm. And Chris actually said in a confessional that it's emotionally, physically, and spiritually exhausting to be going through this at this time. But she still wanted to you know, spend time with Kylie, take her mind off things that way. Yeah, yeah. I, she she had said, like, I can't really say anything about it. I really don't want to add to the drama, but I want to take my mind off it right now. So I'm going to spend some time with Kylie. She's momager, but mom first and grandma. But before I let you go, this Kardashian headline is one that caught my eye earlier this week that we didn't get a chance to talk about yet. Chloe's daughter, True, has started preschool, which, of course, as a parent, you know, comes with all sorts of emotions. Ramey just started preschool yesterday, and I'm still like just, ugh. So, I mean, Kim shared the advice that she gave to Chloe about how to handle all of it. So what did she say to her mom to mom? Yes. So True actually is attending the same school as her cousins. And during Kim's appearance on Monday's episode of Live with Kelly and Ryan, she said that Chloe is still adjusting to having her little girl in school, which is totally fair. And to quote Kim, she said, dropping off in preschool is really hard to walk away, but I've done it so many times. So I'll get out and I'll peek through the window. Chloe will stay all day. <laughs> I know. It's so sweet. But she actually gave her sister this advice, which is, I'm like, you've got to go. You can't do this. <laughs> that is so sweet. Well, the Kardashians, you know, what will we do without them? Dory, it is always great to have you on. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. When I think back to summer 2022, one of the major pop cultural moments that stands out in my mind is the defamation trial between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. It was filled with so much drama and so many characters. It's only a matter of time until the trial gets made into a movie, right? Well, the time is now. That was fast. Starting Friday, you'll be able to stream the Tubi original movie, Hot Take, The Depp Heard Trial. Coming up, we sit down with the stars of the film and discuss what it was like to play Depp and Heard and how they were able to make this film so soon after the trial. But first, he did it. Last night, Aaron Judge hit his 61st home run of the season, tying the American League record for most home runs in a season. And Judge becomes the first player to reach the milestone without a connection to performance-enhancing drugs since Roger Maris. After the break, we put this historical moment in history in context. We'll be right back. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
And the payoff. There goes the deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 61. He ties Roger Maris for the American League single season record with 61 home runs. It's a two-run judging blast. Where are my baseball fans at? That right there is the voice of longtime Yankees broadcaster John Sterling calling Aaron Judge's historic 61st home run from the Rogers Center in Toronto, Canada. For decades, Babe Ruth's 1927 single-season record of 60 home runs seemed insurmountable, maybe even Ruthian, one might say. Then, in 1961, another Yankee, Roger Maris, broke the Dave's record by swatting 61 homers. The record remained untouched until 1998. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa knocked in 70 and 66, respectively, only to be surpassed by Barry Bonds, hitting 73 in 2001. But all three of them, Bonds, Sosa, and McGuire, were eventually linked to using performance-enhancing drugs during baseball's, quote, steroid era. Who fans consider to be the legitimate home run king has been up for debate. Roger Maris's son, Roger Maris Jr., has picked a side, though. Maris was on hand last night when Judge tied his father's record. When asked if he considers the McGuire and Bonds home run records to be illegitimate, Maris answered, I do. I think most people do. But he did praise Aaron Judge, who has not been linked to steroids or any other performance enhancers, saying, quote, I couldn't be happier for him, and added, I can't think of anybody better that baseball can look up to than Aaron Judge. Oh, and if you're wondering what happened to the ball, after it was recovered from the Blue Jays' bullpen, Judge gave the ball to the biggest Aaron Judge fan in America, and I guess Canada too, his mom, Patty. Because as Judge told the Yankees Network last night, getting to share this moment with my mom, it means a lot. There is no challenging the fact that the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard defamation trial took over the entertainment news cycle for six straight weeks. Naturally, someone was going to make a film about this trial, and the first one is out this Friday, September 30th. Hot Take, The Depp Heard Trial, stars Mark Havka as Johnny and Megan Davis as Amber as they take us not only through a reenactment of the trial, but also the incidents of abuse that were argued and discussed in court. So here to tell us about it themselves are Mark Havka and Megan Davis. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, first, let's just start with that call that you get that says, we want you to play Johnny Depp and Amber Heard because the turnaround must have been so fast. It wasn't that long ago. I'll start with you, Mark. There's mixed feelings right off the bat because, you know, there's so much surrounding this trial in situation. Also, the challenge of putting a character like this together so quickly and also somebody who is just so well known now. It's it's different to play somebody who may have been a historical figure or someone in the past. It was, it was a little anxiety ridden. Yeah. Mark and I met for a drink to meet each other before we started filming. And I remember we had this whole talk about, like, which do you think is harder? Because Johnny Depp is so well-known. And Amber, everyone knows her from the trial, but she wasn't as well-known before the trial. But I think with anyone, the most you can ever hope for is if you play a real person, that you you find the truth of, of who they are and where they're coming from. And if one of them were to ever see it and say that they felt understood in, in a way, then, then, then I feel like we did our jobs. So, Mark, 
to perfect that voice, the voice and the cadence that Johnny had when speaking in court. It was very distinct. And then, Megan, you had Amber's mannerisms down. So how long did you guys study for them? And how did you study? The trial was one thing, and then the prep for the the reenactments was another. There's difficulties with both, right? Because Mm -hmm. the trial, you have the real footage, so you have to nail it. Whereas with the reenactments, you don't have the footage, so you hope to get their energy right and who they are as people right. Mm-hmm. I think I spent all day and every night watching trial footage and interviews and reading things that she had said or written. I still have their their arguments that are famous from the trial on my phone, and I would just drive around at night when L.A. is kind of sleeping and and just listen to them over and over and over and over and over again. Is that the same for you, Mark? It's funny, the week before I got this call, I was traveling with friends and on the plane and everyone was just watching this and they were tuning in and I watched by default because they happened to be watching it and everyone was talking about it. But having the footage is both a blessing and a curse because it helps you understand how either one of them were feeling in any particular moment on the stand. It helps you get the cadence, it helps you get the voice, and that's where a lot of my voice came from. Out of all the stuff that came out of court, and it was a lot that came out of this court case, bringing that to life on screen, what was one of the more trickier scenes, just moments that you guys had to really kind of dig deep and go there? Yeah, when you're portraying someone and, and events that happen in real life, you I, I, you have a responsibility to them. I usually work from the inside out as an actor. And in this circumstance, it was really interesting because you were working almost from the outside in because I was matching the physicality and the voice before I really understood what was happening mentally. It was finding the reasons like she, for example, looks at the jury a lot. And so it's doing those actions before having the reason to do them and then finding the reason to do them, which is the opposite of what I'm used to. Let's talk about the reenactments. Mark, what was one of the more difficult um, scenes for you where you really had to just dig your heels in and prepare and go into it? Megan and I spoke beforehand and we said what's really important here is that honestly, no matter what anyone feels about whoever, it is important that we each protect our side, which translates on on the stand, but it's just important to remain as neutral as possible and and look at the testimonies and say, okay, this is what was said. So what would that look like? So playing out these these physical situations or emotionally damaged situations, verbally abusive situations, just this tumultuous <laughs> toxicity that was kind of shared. It's hard to to tap into that side of yourself, even when you're acting. Do you think the movie as a whole does a good job of showing both sides of this story? Was that something that needed to be discussed ahead of time? One of the conversations I had very early on with Sarah, who is our director, I said, it's very important to me that this film does not choose a side. People are always going to take what they you know, resonate with. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true of any film or any piece of art in general. But I said, for me, it's very important to me to to accurately and honestly portray everything that she said as truth. And Sarah said, I want you to do that. I want you to protect this human being with everything you have in you. I just want to know about the social media aspect of the film and how that's a part of the film. The fact that this was just such a huge cultural moment on social media. What do you think about that inclusion in the film? But also, are you at all nervous about 
how this might kick up a whole new social media discussion about the trial and the film itself. This wouldn't be where it is without social media. It wouldn't be where it is without people. The movie is about so much more than just the dynamic between these two and the allegations. It's about how they sort of created almost like a horoscope for everybody. People relate in certain ways and people are against and it creates this polarization with each other too because people kind of can lose the humanity in the situation. Two different people are going to see this movie and it's going to be a completely different movie to them. And each one is likely to think it's biased, right? I know that it was just our job to come bring authenticity to these people and we are not these people. So that's all That's all that really matters. Well, when you see this film, it is wonderful actors bringing what we have all been talking about to life. And you guys, make sure to check out Hot Take, The Depp Heard Trial, tomorrow on Tubi. Mark, Megan, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having us. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Well, you can't flip on the news without seeing the staggering images coming from Hurricane Ian. As residents along the southeastern seaboard try and weather the storm, winds, rain, and storm surges have wiped away roads and houses and businesses. It's times like these that I think about Mr. Rogers and how when he saw something scary on the news as a child, his mother would always tell him, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And with our last story, we want to highlight one of those helpers. Dan Francis is a coming Georgia resident coordinating volunteers and donations to determine where he can provide help in Florida once the hurricane passes. And he's currently in the middle of figuring out all the logistics. What cities are intact? Where are there going to be food supplies? How long is the drive? What kind of vehicles do we need? Dan's main goal is to find ways to feed folks as soon as the storm subsides. And this is not the first time he's attempted something like this. Dan Francis provided similar aid to victims after hurricanes like Michael in 2018 and Dory in 2019, and in doing so, he's helped feed thousands. When you get into a disaster area and you hand somebody a plate of food, it might have cost a dollar, and you watch their face move from fear and despair to gratitude, just like that. Dan is continuing to monitor the storm as it makes its way north, but we just wanted to show some love to him and his incredible team of volunteers. If you'd like to contribute to his efforts, you can donate to his nonprofit, D911, at d911.org. Well, that is our show for today. I will be back with you to close out the week and the month of September. Seriously, where has this year gone? On our Friday installment of People Every Day. <laughs> 